Welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation. Hello and welcome to this week's Alabama AgCast. I'm your host, Mike Moody. On this week's AgCast, we've got an extremely special guest, Facebook phenomenon, Brenda Gant. Brenda, how are you doing today? I'm better than perfect today. All right. It's been a great day. Other than the rain, it's just it's wonderful. Outstanding. For those few who don't know Brenda, she started a Facebook page, what I would call home cooking. And to date, I understand you have 3.5 million followers on Facebook. Is that correct? I do. Is that not a shock? I feel like this is rarefied air that I'm just getting to breathe here with you because you have so many people that love and respect what you do. Uh, so let's go all the way back to the beginning. What started this? What was the thing that said, this is kind of the direction I want to go? Well, it didn't start with, this is the direction I want to go. It started with, what am I going to do with myself? Um, my husband had vascular dementia. And I had taken care of him for a long, long time. And when he passed away, I was at church one day. And y'all all know what a millennial is, right? Mm-hmm. They're in their 30s, late 30s, early 40s. And I had a group of guys in my church that came up to me and said, Miss Brenda, will you do a cooking uh, school, I think they call it, or a cooking uh, lesson, class or something? Yes, yeah. some kind of for our wives and we have decided that we're going to pay you oh so that was the husbands coming yes. to you asking for their yes, wives yes and i said baby i can't i don't have time to do that i don't have time to do that so i did the biscuit video at home thinking that would get them off of my case <laughs> and that's when it went viral but they all shared it mm-hmm. and so uh, that's how it actually started so i really didn't have in my mind to do a a cooking demonstration, to have a cooking page, or a cooking cookbook. Mm -hmm. None of that stuff was in my mind. So we learned from that that God's got a sense of humor. (laughs) He put me in the position. I did not do it myself. Well, it's uh, it's been very interesting to watch you. How long have you been doing this? April of 2020. So during COVID, yes. uh, you started this uh, process. So you finished a few recipes and you thought, okay, I'm pretty much done with this. But then you had all this following. Uh, what were you looking at as far as now I have to come up with all these different recipes? What was going through your mind? Well, um, actually, I, I didn't know how to do a cookbook. Uh, I had never thought about doing one before. And so when people started writing in to that cookbook page that I had, you know, the Cooking with Brenda Camp page, they were asking me very simple questions like, how do you make rice that isn't sticky? Or what is a butter bean? Or how to cut up a chicken? And from that, I gleaned that they America really had people out there that could not cook, that wanted to cook. They mm-hmm. just didn't know how. They came from a generation where um, I guess your boxed food started, you know, your, everything was in pot pies and mm-hmm. your, all this stuff, frozen pizzas. And so it was convenient. And then you had fast food restaurants start popping up. So they were they thought, well, I'll just go get a bucket of chicken. Mm-hmm. Well, because of that, they didn't learn how to cook. And that at that same time, you had. Uh, mothers that had outside jobs and when they got home from work 
they shushed the children out of the kitchen so they could get something on the table. And so, therefore, there was a whole generation that grew up with mothers shushing them out of the kitchen, boxed food and, you know, quick meals, mm-hmm. instant this and instant, so they didn't learn how. So there, therein lies home cooking. Therein lies they want to learn. And these people that follow me really want to learn how to cook. And they also want to share their what they learned how to cook at home, and they share it with my followers. It's a wonderful uh, example of more experienced people teaching younger people. And you also throw in a little a little Bible in that too, don't you, while do. you're doing a little I lesson do. here and there? I do. Because uh, what gives me my peace of mind and my peace of heart and hope for our future uh, is Christ. Uh, and I think that there are a lot of people out in the world that are um, searching, but they don't know what they're searching for because they haven't met him yet. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I like to give them some of my favorite verses. I guess you'd say favorite. Um, I don't really have a favorite. Your favorite is the verse you need at the time you need it, right? Amen. <laughs> so I, I salt and pepper that book with Bible verses and with wisdom that I have gotten through the ages from experience. That is a great example of, of how we all should be looking at teaching younger folks, that those of us who are members of the faith, we need to uh, pass that on to generations and because it gives them a better foundation than the one that the world's offering. Amen to that. That's true. And, you know, Scripture tells us that the older, older. are supposed to teach the younger. So if you're not doing that, Y'all, you people that are listening to this, and you're not doing what Scripture tells you to do. Mm-hmm. So your recipes, what what motivates you to to pick a certain recipe over another? When you're looking at doing a video or you're getting ready for the book, what what are you thinking? I think this week is it a automatic uh, something popped into my head, or is it something people come to you about? Or it's it's mostly what I, pops into my head. But here's how it pops there. I noticed that there are people out there that really love chicken and dumplings, for example. They don't know how to make a dumpling. They don't know how to boil a chicken. Now, you might think that's, I'm making that up, but it's true. Uh, they do not know how to wash it off, get the stuff out of the inside, and, uh, and cook the chicken and drain it. and They, they don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. So I, the recipes, I try to do, of something that's really tastes good, that is easy, and that there are not many ingredients. And especially in today's world, food prices are going up. So if you have to buy all, you know, 15 herbs to go in your dish, then you've already spent $20 for you ever buy the main <laughs> ingredients. So I try to use mostly salt and pepper, garlic, um, hot salts, Italian, and oregano. Those are the ones I mainly use because salt and pepper can go in anything. And those other two go in Italian dishes like your spaghettis and your lasagna and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so you really don't need a lot of spices. I am not a cook, so my my wife will certainly attest to how many spices we need. And maybe we could reduce our spice rack. Cinnamon you use a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. So that would be another one that I think would be a good, uh, if y'all are starter people out there and you really don't know how to cook, those are the spices I would say get first. And most of the time that's going to cover everything you need. 
Gotcha. Uh, well, you were talking about a cookbook, and you have a new cookbook out right now, don't right, you? Right, I do. Linger Around the Table, y'all. Linger Around the Table, y'all. Mm-hmm. That's the name of the cookbook. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is not your first cookbook no, either. No, the first one was, it's going to be good, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> There's and, a trend. And so this Linger Around the Table, I thought about the name of this book for a long time. And I think in America today, we're losing the table. So many of uh, the people out there are building bars in their kitchen where everybody mm-hmm. sits at the bar. Well, everybody's on the same side of the bar. So you cannot carry on a conversation like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're not looking in the eye of the other person that you're trying to sit with. So I think that's a, I mean, bars are fine for a quick afternoon snack. But when it comes supper time, I think you need to be around the table with your family. I think that all phones should be turned off. Um, I think that you shouldn't let the children get up and go to their room. They have to eat with you. If they don't want to eat, fine. They'll just sit there. But they need to sit at the table with their parents and enjoy conversation. And my kids used to ask me, they said, well, what are we going to talk about? That's what they'd ask me. (laughs) I said, well, I don't know, but something will come up. (laughs) <laughs> These are real radical views that you're that you're coming out with here. I mean, in today's world, this seems like rebellion. But but I, I think this goes back to America that we all grew up in and the family table and the importance of how we connect with one another over a meal. How important a meal is, not just it for is, nourishment, it's so but it's a connection. Yes, it is. That's where you're bonding. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just a very important place. You have got to do this. You've got to look eyeball to eyeball with your family. Mm-hmm. And the man, of course, should be at the head of the table, ladies. It's never a dull day on the farm, especially when your day starts before the sun comes up. We're Alabama Ag Credit. And while some don't get it, we do. As the local experts in rural real estate financing, we've helped farmers finance everything from homes and land to tractors and crops. Because sometimes your natural resources need financial resources. Your here in Birmingham today, speaking to our Women's Leadership Committee group, what was your message for them, or what were some of the things that you were wanting to convey to the to the women in agriculture today? Okay, I, I wanted them to write their stories. That's what I was trying to get them to do. You know, our influence only lasts three generations, and it, take you for instance. You, I'm sure you have stories about your grandparents that are funny. Some are sad. Some are crazy. Well, if you don't write those stories down, your great-grandchildren won't know them. Mm-hmm. They will not know those stories when you're, where you're gone on because they died with you. And so I encourage the people, of their, they're living on farms. I'm sure they've got tons of great stories to write. And I encourage them to write their story down. They don't have to be perfect. They don't have to be spelled right. Just get it on paper somehow. And so that your kids will have it. Wonderful. What are your plans for the future for this? Do you have any any big dreams that you want to meet with this platform that you've been given? Um, well, I want to continue on with my Facebook page um, so that I can reach more people to help them cook, mm-hmm. help them um, strengthen their family ties, and to tell them about the Lord. Um you know, there are just so many that don't know. I, I have lots of followers that are non-believers, and I have a lot that are believers. So I'm trying to reach two totally different audiences. Mm-hmm. 
Ms. Brenda, thank you for your time with us today. Is there anything I didn't ask you that you'd like to tell our listening audience? Yes. I would like for them to follow me on uh, Facebook if they're not following me already. And it's um, Cooking with Brenda Gant. And there's a lot of fake uh, Facebook pages out there that try to copy me from, from Pakistan and other places. So if it doesn't have a blue check mark beside my name, then it's a fake site. So I want them to make sure that when, and if y'all don't know how to find it, get a young person. They can do it. I'm telling you, those young folks, they know how. Well, what we'll do to help them is we'll put a link to that Facebook page in the show notes of this okay. episode of the and AdCast. And if they don't have my cookbooks, the way to get that is brendagantbook.com. That will take you straight to Hoffman Media because I do not sell them on Amazon. I don't sell them in any stores. If you have to order it. And it will come right to your door. All right. Well, Miss Brenda, thank you so much for your time today. I enjoyed it. Enjoyed being with you. Thank you so much. And now, your weekly Ag Cash wrap up. On the wrap up today, we look at FFA Day on the Hill that took place on April 18th in Montgomery. Over 200 FFA members gathered at the Alabama Capitol. The students visited with Governor Kay Ivey and heard from several elected officials. The day gave the future ag leaders insight into the workings of state government and the men and women committed to public service. Russ Durrance, Director of State Legislative Programs, shares with us why it's important to have such an event like this. I think this is an important opportunity for our young people to come down to the Capitol, learn about what their local representatives as well as their local senators are doing, the issues that they're voting on, how it impacts education in Alabama, as well as how it impacts rural Alabama and the industries and agriculture that these folks are so focused on. Uh, we selected a slate of, of folks to come talk to them from Secretary of State Wes Allen, Judge Christy Edwards on the Court of Civil Appeals, Representative Joe Lovern, as well as Senator Roger Smitherman. Each of these folks offer a unique perspective related to state government and how it impacts these folks e each and every day. State FFA President Kellen Lincoln gives us her first impressions of the event. This is an event that I've never really participated in before, but I thought it was an amazing opportunity to learn about Alabama government, about legislators, and really understand what happens um, in the agriculture aspect and how we can voice our own opinions to make a difference on Capitol Hill. Senator Roger Smitherman of Birmingham tells us about his FFA background and how it influenced his life. Well, I want to talk to him, let him know the involvement I had with FFA when I was in high school and growing up. You know, we were, were a small farm, and of course we had hogs and cows and chickens. And I told him, I said, guess who was the one who had to feed me? It was me. And, but I also had an opportunity to go to that convention and to see it up close and live. And these are some smart, innovative young people. They're, I see why we're able to produce so much in agriculture, because we have these bright young minds that are constantly looking in those areas and, and trying to improve and expand. Representative Joe Lovern of Auburn impressed on the FFA members how important their contributions are to the future of Alabama. Well, these, these kids in here today are our future. They're the ones going to make the impact. And as my kids get older and, and live in this life, these are people that's going to be impacting our state and nation. And it's important for them to understand what we're doing down here today and, and what we're trying to set up for some of them to carry the ball. There's, there's people sitting in that room that may be sitting across the street in the legislature in a few years. So it's important to take time to visit, to answer any questions they have, and share our story along the way. 
Alpha President Jimmy Parnell welcomed the group to the event and shared with them how important their role is to the future of Alabama agriculture. We're very pleased to have you all in Montgomery today and get you to understand a little more about how state government operates and how it might affect you. We are very supportive of you. The state needs people like you to grow and develop and become leaders of the future. I hope they take home a unique understanding of how the legislative process works, how that branch of government works, as well as understand that there are folks out there, organizations out there that are advocating for agriculture each day. Uh, the students have a unique opportunity to see two ag-specific bills, receive final passage in the House, it's a peanut checkoff bill, and a municipal livestock ordinance bill, and I think that this will give them a good understanding of the general process and kind of an overview of the process and how it, how it plays out. Alabama AgCast is sponsored by our friends at Alabama AgCredit. Give them a call for all your farm and land financing needs. For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org slash agcast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely conversation from Alabama AgCast.